But our question here is how you are responding to the stresses and anxieties around you. And I'm sure like me, like Jill, a lot of that probably has to do with technology and what you're seeing on the news. And it's doomsday every single day. And as much as you might think that you're really good at harboring those feelings just to yourself and keeping them away from your kiddos, your kids are really perceptive. You're listening to What's the Lesson, a podcast where we shift your WTF moments into WTL moments and learn together how to transform your life and relationships through social-emotional learning. We're your hosts, Jill and Mary, social-emotional learning experts and the co-founders of Girls Mentorship, a personal growth and development company for teen and tween girls. In each episode, we'll explore the five competencies of SEL, self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship skills, and responsible decision-making, and share practical tips, stories, and strategies for building these skills in ourselves and others. Whether you're a parent, educator, or just looking to improve your own social-emotional well-being, this podcast is for you. Join us as we navigate the exciting and sometimes challenging world of SEL and discover the power that emotional intelligence has to transform our lives and communities. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast, What's the Lesson? It's your dynamic duo, your hype queens, your cheerleaders. It's us, Jill and Mary. You're, you're everything. So your confidence coaches, your daily giggle. Um, we're here. We're here with a fun conversation. Um, and I did say that like I was Ron Burgundy because with a question mark. It's I feel like more of a sobering conversation um, that we want to touch on today. We're really big into these trend reports now what's in the news, what's trending, whether it's something going on on TikTok, whether it's something technological that you need to know about, grooming, predators, pornography. There's so much out there on the World Wide Web that we're not necessarily used to because we're not as tech savvy as Gen Z and this new generation, Generation Alpha coming up. So we don't necessarily know what to look for. With that said, this trend report that we've been doing on our Instagram has gone wild. The crowds <laughs> have loved it. The people have spoken. They really have. And be it's because they want to be in the know of what's going on and they don't necessarily know where to look. So because Jill and I have been in this work for as long as we've been in this work for, we have our go-tos, um, accounts, podcasts, books that we seek information from. So we're here to pass it along. So a New York Times article came across our desk the other day and it's titled, what if kids are sad and stressed because their parents are? Question mark, question mark. And this really struck a chord for us to click on the article because we know, we know, we know, we know when we work with girls and their parents seek out our services and they 
there's something going on with their daughter, whether it's lack of confidence or her, her light is starting to dim. When we start to work with the girls, we're really learning that they are a representation of what's happening at home. So when we saw this article come, and realistically, that's not something we didn't know. We are products of our parents. Correct. And that's a large reason as to why we do the work that we do, because we are the stop in our family. We're the generational curse stoppers. We are the cycle stoppers. We're the chain breakers. That's why it's so important for us to do this work. However, I used the word sobering earlier. It's been sobering for us to see just how prevalent that notion is within the families and the girls we work with as well. Yeah, and I'm glad that you call that out. Um, it's not like we don't know, but it's interesting when we have these conversations about their daughters to them, it really shines a light on, oh my gosh, well, I don't even practice these principles and strategies and tools that you're giving to my daughter. And we're like, well, yeah, you, you gotta start doing it because Mary always likes to use an analogy about going to the gym. And if you want to build a certain muscle, let's just say your biceps, if you wanna work on defining your biceps, you need to put in the reps. You can't just do squats all day long and expect that your biceps are going to get bigger. So as much as we love having conversations with our girls, we know the important work that parents need to do at home in continuing the conversation. So as, as much as it is we empower the girls, we also need to empower the people who love them because they're the ones who are going to continue the work at home. And I would say that it's no fault of any one person that we lack in these skills. We are in a day and age where technology is prevalent. We just touched on that. We all know that we're, we're privy to that information. But with that said, it's come on really strong. Um, 2012 was really when smartphones made their, not appearance, they were clunky prior to that. They're, they're, their come up, if you will. 2012 was also the first year that Instagram was really introduced. So the photo sharing app and in charts, you can see just how much internet usage skyrocketed from that point forward. So 2012, that's 11 years ago now. That's really, really fast. A lot has happened within the last decade that makes a lot of us parents, older millennials feel like we're behind the eight ball in terms of how to best handle conversations, how to relieve stress and anxiety, how to put up boundaries around social media. Some people still don't think it really hurts their kids. Mm -hmm. um, and to that, it it, it does. It 1000% it, it does. There's yeah. enough evidence at this point. But the reason we wanted to bring this conversation up today was because the statistics around anxiety and depression are insane. Um, obviously, COVID had an incredible, um, it, it lent its hand to that. But as much as things change, they stay the same. So we were on a trajectory with the use of technology prior to COVID happening. But as of 2022, one in four young adults now suffer with anxiety and one in five suffer with a depressive disorder. Now, out of context, 
yes, technology is a big piece of that. But our question here is how you are responding to the stresses and anxieties around you. And I'm sure like me, like Jill, a lot of that probably has to do with technology and what you're seeing on the news. And it's doomsday every single day. And as much as you might think that you're really good at harboring those feelings just to yourself and keeping them away from your kiddos, your kids are really perceptive super intuitive of what you're feeling what's going on they might not know exactly what's going on but they understand that something is different and wrong with you and they're picking up on what you're feeling and so with this conversation i love that mary said that we get to be the generational curse breakers we get to literally rewrite how we want our lives to be lived and it's on all of us to be aware of how we're showing up in the world and man i i think about this a lot around just the workforce and how um how much pressure it is to be accessible to your job all day, every day. I mean, everyone has email emails on their phone. We now communicate on different channels like Slack and Discord. Um, they can text you, they can call you. There's so many ways where people can get bombarded with messages if you are not mindful around disconnecting and setting certain boundaries so that you don't show up stressed in your life. And, and with the most important people of your life. So that alone is just like, aha, point number one. But we really wanted to talk about you as a parent. How do you, how do you practice these three things that you can do at home? And it has to be a practice. It's not like, a, oh, that's a really cute idea. And I'll, I'll start again on Monday. It needs to be thought about because our kids are literally suffering. Those statistics, you think about one in four people, that's basically someone in my house. <laughs> I have four people living underneath my roof and one of us that like that is so it, it's sad and heartbreaking. We want to provide you with some just some strategies um, that you as the listener and us as you know, we're again, we're walking this path with you. These are good reminders to practice so that you know how to manage your stress so that we're not projecting onto our kiddos. The first strategy is prioritizing your self-care. And I know we use self-care a lot around like take a bubble bath and go get your nails done. But it, if you don't have time for that, self-care needs to be scheduled. So self-care can look like you taking time to do activities that bring you joy. So is it talking to a friend? Is it listening to music? Is it cooking? What are the things that you're already doing and how do you do it better and more mindfully? Um, you can obviously go exercise. That is my self-care is I know I'm gonna have to schedule my workout no matter what because I turn into Hulk mom. I have totally identified that that is the person I become if I don't prioritize me. Um, you can meditate or God forbid, get a babysitter and go on a date night with your, your spouse. 
Those are the little things that will make a huge difference knowing that you're on call 24 seven, being a mama, a daddy, a taxi driver, somebody at work that you're needed all the time. These little, these little things will make a huge difference. Next up, we, I say this all the time and I say it all the time because it's so important. We're not raising children. We're raising adults and we need to prepare those adults for what they're going to face when they no longer live with us or have us to fall back on. And I'm not saying you're not always a phone call away, but they will be living on their own with roommates and new friends and coworkers and situations that will crop up that they need to handle before they call you. So with that being said, are you looping your children into what's going on in your world? I was having a conversation with a mom the other day who was telling me that she was going out on a coffee date and she was really excited because it was a potential of a new friend because friends for her were really hard to make. And she was going through like a friendship breakup almost, friends that she had had for about 10 years where she was really just reevaluating if those friends were for her or not for her. And I said, so literally things don't change, huh? And she was like, no, I feel like my kids again. And I said, have you shared this with your kids? Because she has two twins, they're 10 years old. And she looked at me kind of bewildered. And I said, you need to share this type of stuff with your kids so they understand that you're also human and that you face the same problems that they face in their day-to-days. Because you looping them in and saying, this is what's going on, this is how it makes me feel, and this is how I'm dealing with it, gives them a roadmap for when it pops up for them. Because it's not an if, it's a when. We've all been there, especially female friendships. We go through them quickly at a young age, middle school in particular. And if you don't shed those limiting beliefs of what friendship looks like for you, you will carry those on into your college 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and beyond. And we know because we see it every single day, not just with the girls we work with, but with their mothers as well. So loop them in. It's okay to have good days. It's okay to have bad days. At least talk through on an elementary level of what's going on so they understand that it's okay to talk about feelings and to problem solve what might be transpiring in your household. You're giving your kiddos vocabulary and permission to have conversations with you when they are struggling. And empathy, oh my goodness, goes so far. Well, just a show of hands, who here can remember their parents whispering behind closed doors or immediately stopping a conversation when you walked into the room because it was adult conversation and it's like, great, so I'm left in the dark when my parents get a divorce having no idea what's going on or where we're going or where we're going to live. I'm just blindly following what I'm being told. That anxiety, that Mm -hmm. sadness, that not being able to understand what was actually going on. That was you knew, though. Well, of course. I mean, it's not like I was going on. It's not like I didn't know that there was chaos in my household. However, being privy to chaos every single day, you start to think chaos is fairly normal. Mm -hmm. So the second that things just kind of fell apart was just that, the second that things fell apart. And it was like, well, what's going on? That could have been alleviated had there been some conversation around what was going on. So that alone is how we can break the cycle. 
not having, of course, there is a time and a place to have adult conversations, but these conversations can be had with your children. They it's like the varsity version versus the JV version. There's a freshman team as well. Like <laughs> true. cater the conversations to your kids in a way that they understand. It's not like you have to go all Bernie Madoff on them and speak about the financial crisis, <laughs> but how do you educate them with right. scenarios like that? Absolutely. And then the last thing that we wanna talk about around how you can how you can manage your own stress so that you're not projecting the stress onto your kids is creating a calm environment at home. So calm to me when, when I first heard this strategy was like, okay, you can light a candle and set the mood and, you know, like create a calm space. Maybe Mary loves to listen to um, symphony, symphony music as she drives to and from, which is very calming. Um, but really what I want to call out in this is decluttering your space, whether that's your car that you spend probably a lot of time in, it is your kitchen, it's the junk drawer, it is your closet, it is the kid's toy room, you name it. And it doesn't have to, that shouldn't make you feel, oh my gosh, every space is cluttered in my house. It's one space at a time. So for example, for me, I love at night, um, I have this bin that um, at the end of the day, my kids are rummaging and ripping my house apart but at the end of the night i literally have this one bin where i just put all the things in this basket and i will get to it when i can get to it but what that does for me it makes me feel at peace it makes me feel like my space is mine again and it's not being ran by my two kiddos and that has helped me so much but what i've learned is your house your car your closet is a true representation of what's going on in your mind. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, look at your space and figure out how you can clean it up because that will spill into every other area of your life. I want to add on to that just a little by saying I was reading a post the other day around our houses and how we feel like we've needed to make them into like museums because we're on social media and we're doing stories and we're embarrassed about the laundry in the back or the papers that might be on the table. Cleaning one little corner is enough. It is enough. Your house is not a museum. It is somewhere that should feel lived in because you in fact do live there. That's true. And there doesn't need to be an aesthetic. You don't have to have everything matching just to kind of keep up with the Joneses mm -hmm. to make, to give a perception that everything is perfect because your home is a place where you go to unwind and let out a big deep breath at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Does it feel nice when things are matching and together and, you know, not cluttered and dirty? Absolutely it does, but don't strive for those things to impress other people. Right. Your home is your home is your home and it should feel like the one place in this entire world that you can go to and walk around without pants on. 100%. Because, man, if that's the energy that your home feels, imagine what your kids feel being in that home. They're going to feel secure. They're going to feel safe. They're going to feel supported. 
So when you, when we talk about creating a calm environment, yes, it's lighting a candle, it's having rituals, but really it's figuring out what small little space can be yours. And then eventually those smaller spaces end up being just, it now becomes a habit. It's just, that's where the bar is at. My kids know you guys can, I mean, live in this house. Absolutely. But at the end of the night, the one thing that I love to do is just pick up. It makes me feel good knowing that I'm waking up to a picked up house. Does it happen every time? Absolutely not. And that's totally fine. But what I'm also teaching them is that one day they're going to go to college if they choose that path. Or one day when they live with a roommate, they know how to keep their space clean or ask for that because that's how we're living our life. And these are three simple and doable strategies that you can literally practice every single day because we don't want you to get caught up in the the noise of what society is asking of us or what our boss is requiring from us that is going to completely pull away our focus our energy into other things and then we just we leave us in the dust we can't do that it's dire that we all have to make ourselves a priority so that these things can happen simultaneously. And really, I think ending this episode on the fact, something that I've learned in the last few years, I don't, I'm not perfect at it. I don't embody it well. Structure really provides freedom. So I can see some eye rolls or I can hear a few huffs and puffs on the other end of listening to this just around like implementation of daily habits and rituals. I understand how hard that is because breaking old habits of being messy or not doing things on a certain day of the week to keep up with it is really, really difficult. And some of you out there might even be people who just feel free and they want to have freedom and not <laughs> have structure. That was me for a long time. <laughs> they feel like that brings them more freedom. Structure brings you more freedom than I've ever experienced in my entire life because I'm not constantly having to go through the checklist of what I need to do, which ends up bringing me more anxiety, which ends up bringing me more stress. When I know that I'm cleaning my bed sheets every week on Sunday, along with watering the plants and doing my other laundry, that gives me freedom to not worry about those to-do list items. And if you are a parent listening to this, you're teaching your kid just that, like Jill just said, because it was a rude awakening for me to live on my own and turn around one day and realize that my space was a pigsty and I was the only one responsible for cleaning it up because I was the one responsible for making it that way. Let's give our kids the gift of anxiety relief where they can control it because they can't control what else is happening beyond their, their point of view, right? everything going on in the world is going on in the world and that is going to impact and affect them in one way shape or form give them things that they can control within their space you will serve them well they will be thankful for it maybe not today maybe not in five years but when they enter into adulthood and they have a few years under their belt they'll be thankful for the things that you taught them in mm -hmm. terms of how to de-stress and how to deal with anxiety mm -hmm. because that that right there is in their control. So start making it in yours as well. So you can be the example. 
I was just going to say more is caught than taught. So remember that. Remember that as you practice these tips and strategies, and we would love to hear from you. So if this podcast resonated with you, let us know. Follow us on social media. We would love it if you even wrote a review about this podcast. How how was this for you? What did you learn or what's difficult for you? We're, we're doing this together. We, we are a community doing life together and just know that you're not alone and you are doing your best and we're all here to support one another. And so until next time, everybody enjoy the rest of your day and we'll talk to you next week. Adios. We say this every time, but wow, what a powerful episode. These conversations always leave us feeling so fired up and inspired. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in with us. If you felt as inspired by listening to this conversation as we did having it, we would be ecstatic if you'd advocate for us in one of the following ways. By sharing this episode with a friend or tagging us on your social media, by heading over to iTunes and leaving us a rating and an honest review, or by following us on social media. This community is full of movers and shakers. We've linked our Instagram account as well as our exclusive community on Geneva for girls and parents in the show notes. This is a place where we exchange ideas, post questions, and provide support to each other. Until next time, you guys, remember, being able to shift our WTF moments and finding the lesson instead saves us time and mental energy. And this bomb-ass episode was sponsored by Girls Mentorship.